All right. I'm going to ask you first and foremost, if they'll go ahead and pull that, that up there, the uh, uh, PowerPoint up there, if they'll uh, go ahead and pull up the, uh, we'll go ahead and, I want to deal with the track first, okay? If you want to open your Bibles up, so we'll be ready here in a minute to John chapter 4, John chapter 4, and uh, uh, well, I'm going to walk through this with you if we can, okay? I'm just waiting for them to see if they can go ahead and pull that up back there for us. There we go. Well, all right. Anyway, pull the track out. Let me kind of walk through this with you, all right? Well, they can see if they can figure that one out back there, okay? Um, what, what we're going to do, guys, is I wanted to give you some, put something in your hands you could use, okay? What I did was we, ha- we put a little card in there. We have more of these cards as you go out the exits. The point of these cards is to be able to, to give to someone, to bless them, you know, to say, hey, we want to bless you. Use these in the neighborhood. Like I said, uh, we should use these all the time if we possibly can. And so what I want us to do is just kind of take, um, you know, take an opportunity, again, to let people know what Christ is doing. And so the tract itself is, I wanted to put something in your hands, and I also wanted to give you something you could download on your phone. The tract, uh, uh, if you look at the first part, it's called the Three Circles tract. If you open it up, what we see first is, uh, uh, go ahead and click it, guys. There you go. That's it, the Three Circles tract. Basically, it's built upon the concept. If you look at it, just kind of read through it. It's built upon the concept that in life, there's all kinds of issues we face. All right? and, and it's three, three basic circles. The first one is God's design. Is that I think in our culture, so many people don't understand that they're creating the image of God. I think so much of what's happening in depression in our culture, things like that, is the fact that people, they think they're cheapened. They think if they don't have the money someone else has, if they don't have the car someone else has, they can't wear the clothes someone else has, that they're cheapened. And the reality of it is God created every one of us in His image. God's design was that we have fellowship and relationship with Him. Now, if you turn over also too, but here's the problem. The problem is, if you go and click it for us, is that sin entered the world. And what sin creates, if you look at it, in the next one, is it creates brokenness. Brokenness. Now, the scriptures and all are in here. Every part of that. When you look at it, basically, if you're sitting down with someone, you'll say, you know what? God created you, and it has the scripture in here. God created you for his purpose. God saw all that he had made, and it was good. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky proclaims the work of his hands. And you are a part of his workmanship. But the problem is sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world... You know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When sin entered the world, it separated us from God, right? And it creates brokenness. Now, what does this mean? Brokenness can be expressed in a lot of ways. People can be broken and try to fix what they have with, with, through sex, through addictions, through alcohol, through drugs, through materialism, through, through everything. They can try to fix stuff if they want to try to do that, but you don't fix it. You can't fix that because we're broken. Now, let me share this with you. I want to get your attention here. It may be that a person is hurting and they're in that brokenness. So you want to start with brokenness. You may want to say, okay, so this is what you're going through. Would you say that's brokenness? Yes. But do you know what God's design is? God's design is that you not be this way. God created you to be in his image. But the problem is sin, that is our broken, we've broken God's law. That's what's created the brokenness in our life. And so what happens? Is there a fix to that? Are we destined to, to be in brokenness the rest of our life? And the answer to that is what? No. There's an answer to that, right? And the answer is the third circle. Go ahead and click it. It's the gospel. 
the gospel. And that is the fact of what? What do we have to do to come to Christ through the gospel? Go ahead and click it, if you will. What we need to do there is simply this. We need to be willing to repent and believe. The gospel restores us back to God's design. We're broken. We're separated from God. Jesus died for our sin, not because he sinned. That was one of my questions to Jeff this morning. I said, Jeff, why did Jesus die? He died because he took our sin upon himself. But why could the grave not hold Jesus? You know what I'm talking about? Why? Because he never what? He never sinned. Because he never sinned. So what he does is that's why Jesus said, I I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way back to God's design. But it has to come through him. We can't fix it ourselves. All we're going to do is remain in our brokenness. It'll keep coming back over and over and over again. We need to repent, which means we need to turn away from our sin. And we need to believe, which, which is more than just given with mental assent. It literally means that we surrender ourselves completely to this. And we say, yes, I know this is truth. And so what happens when that happens is simply this. Is that God restores us. Click the next one, if you will. God restores us back to him so that we can recover and we can pursue him. That's what he wants. Three circles, God's design. God created us in his image, but sin entered the world and separated us from God. It creates brokenness. And listen, how many of us have ever experienced brokenness in our life? Come on, any of us? We all have. How many of us have lived in that brokenness and needed to understand that there was a design to life that could help us? Absolutely. That's the purpose. That's what the world's looking for. Guys, that's why, why, why people are searching and doing all the things. That, that's why we have rehab centers for people to try to fix their brokenness. I'm glad we have some of those places to be able to help people to get back. But the reality of it is, guys, we will never be fixed as such. until That brokenness will never be healed until we come back to God's design. And we have to repent and believe and trust Him. It comes through the gospel of Christ so that we can recover, be recovered to God's design, and so we can daily pursue him. And if you look at the track, what it does is, the next, if you'll click it for me, the next thing it does is it kind of gives us, what should I do? It gives you an outline here. My life is broken, I need you. It gives you an outline of what the person needs to pray and what they can do to simply ask God to forgive them and come into their life. Guys, it's not the prayer that saves them. It, the person, once a person comes to a place that they're ready to, to surrender and pray, you know, they're probably already saved already. The prayer is simply an expression on the outside of what's already happened on the inside. The prayer comes from the heart. You know, I, what I generally do is I'll say, hey, why don't you say to God what you need to do? Tell him, repent, turn him, tell him that you're a sinner. Tell him you need to turn to him. Ask him to forgive you of your sin and ask him to come into your life. And be willing to do that. And then the last part of this, if you click it, shows us, you know, what's next? What's next? Well, we learn to pray. We get involved in a local church. We read our Bible. We learn to share our faith. Because the Bible says, but these things are so written that you may believe in the Messiah, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, walk in him. I wanted to put this in your hands because... I wanted you to be able to use this, and th- even this week, as you go and you talk to people. Guys, I've got, I've got, I bought a box here that I'll leave of 800 of these for the church for y'all to be able to use. We only gave out this morning a couple hundred of them. I, just, I, want, you, I want you to be able to use these. Now, click on the next one, if you will. How many of you guys have smartphones? How many of y'all have iPads, computers? How many of y'all have all this stuff, right? Yes. 
Here's what you do. You go to the go to the sinnetwork.com backslash three circles. Write that down. Take out a pen. Take the paint the pencil in front of you in there in the pew. Write this down. I'm going to show you what this looks like, okay? This is an app that you can use. I have my students do this all the time. It comes up like this on your phone. You just click it. And if you slide it, it goes through. And look at this. It even has a video. Uh-oh, sorry. Even has a video. I was going to get up here where I could hear it. Broken lives, broken relationships, and broken systems. This brokenness is... And what it does, you can have a... You can download this video. You can download this video on, on your Facebook. You can send it out to friends. There's no reason why every one of us here can't share our faith. You just ask someone. You've got four minutes to watch a video with me. And just sit down with them and, and have them next to you and go through this. Guys, my students lead people to Christ all the time. Zach can tell you he's part of this in my class. He knows. I mean, if you have time to check your Facebook, you have time to sit down with someone and go through this. Write that down, sinnetwork.com backslash three circles. It's a free app, you know, that you can use for your phone. You say, why did you do this during the sermon time? Because I want to give you something you can use. I think sometimes, guys, we talk about the Bible and we teach about the Scripture, but a lot of times what we do is we leave from here and we do nothing with it. I wanted to put something in your hands you could use. I wanted you to give a place that you could go where you could sit down. I challenge you that if you have a Facebook, how many of you have a Facebook in here? Right, download this on your Facebook and ask people just to watch it. Send it out to your friends. Come on. How many of you all have at least 500 people on your Facebook? Send it out to them. Send it out to every one of them. How many of you all have a Twitter account in here? Tweet it out to somebody. How many of you have an Instagram account in here? I know the young people do, for sure. Send it out to your friends. Just ask them the questions. Download it on your phone. Sit down with them. That person that you go next door to you, that you, you don't know if they're about their salvation, if you go cook something for them and take them one of these cards, say, you got four minutes to sit down and watch a little video with me and just spend some time with us. I want to empower you, and I want to, to, to help you to embrace this calling God has for us to take the gospel in the world. Guys, that's why God created us. That's why he put us here, and that's why he put this church here. So what I want to do this morning is continue forward. If you go ahead and click on the next slide, if you will. I want us to continue forward, and we're going to read uh, John 4, 4 through 14, and we're going to continue what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about what does it mean to be a friend. I talked to you about the, the, uh, the, great, the Good Samaritan last week and what it meant to be a friend of the Good Samaritan, and, and, he, and Jesus says, go and do the same. That's why this last week, we did the outreach on Wednesday night. We're doing the same outreach this week. That's why we're having a friend day next week. I answered the question last week, why would we do a friend day in December? Because this month above all months is when we celebrate the coming of Christ, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Did you guys know, did y'all know that the, that the joy, the, the song, Joy to the World, did y'all know that song, Joy to the World, the Lord has come, did y'all know that song, yes or no? Yeah, turn to your neighbor and say, Joy to the World. There you go, once you wake up, there you go. Do you know that song? Do you realize, do you know that song was not written as a Christmas song? That song was written as an Easter song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let the earth receive his king. Did you know that? Because Christmas and Easter are so uniquely connected. So uniquely connected. The greatest gift of all is Christ himself. And if we're going to do this, we have to learn to be good friends, to be good neighbors of people around us. 
to touch them. So if, I want to ask you this week to take this very seriously and connect with those people and bring them next week. Let's read John chapter 4. It says, and here's another example of how Jesus was a good friend. He had, a, he had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the property. Go ahead and click it and follow along the scripture, if you will, okay? Property that jo- Jacob had his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, had worn, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about six in the evening. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, for his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, asked for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, she asked him, for the Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who's saying to you, give, uh, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Look, at it, look how many times he uses the word give. The whole concept of gift, the greatest gift of, is Christ. Sir, that woman said, Why, uh, you don't even have a bucket. You don't even have a bucket. You know, it's what he says. You don't even have a bucket. But so where do I get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? Hey, who, he gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks in this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks the water uh, from which I will give him, will never uh, get, get thirsty again, ever. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up within him for everlasting life. Then verse 27, verse 27 simply says this. Let me turn this over real quickly. It says, just as the disciples arrived, they were amazed that he was talking with a woman, yet no one said, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water pot and went to the town, to the, her jar, went to the town and told the men, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat of which you do not know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is do the will of him who sent me, verse 34. And to finish his work, Jesus told them, don't, don't you say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields, for they're already white for harvest. I want us to take just a moment here today and talk about the second part of this. What does it mean to be a good friend? How did Jesus respond? If you go ahead and follow along with me in the PowerPoint. How did Jesus respond? First and foremost, Jesus responded because he he intentionally traveled through Samaria. Let me share this with you. Nobody's going to go across the street and cook for their neighbor unless you intentionally mean to do it. Nobody's going to stop in line at a, a, a drive through and buy the persons behind them and give them a card unless you intentionally plan on doing it. Nobody's going to do that. You know what I started doing with my girls when they were a certain age? When they started making money or they were given a gift by family, they would give 10% to the church because I wanted to teach them how to tithe. But you know what I did with my girls early on? I started them a 5% account. I said, you're going to put 5% of everything you break into a ministry account. So if you have a friend that you know that needs Christ, and you want to take them out and buy them coffee or dinner or whatever or breakfast, then you'll have the money already set aside where you're able to do that. It's already right there in your budget. Because why? Because I wasn't giving my daughters an option of whether they wanted to be in ministry. 
My daughters chose to follow Christ. You chose to follow Christ. Guess what? When you chose to follow Christ, you were put in ministry. Here's what I know about Baptists. Here's what I know about Christians. Here's what I know about human beings. We We will do what we intend to do. You know what? Jesus stood there at Samaria. He'd stood there hundreds of times before. And he could have done what the Jews always did and walked around Samaria. But that's not what he did. Here's the disciples saying, come on, Jesus. It was a whole day's more journey to go around Samaria than it was to go through Samaria. And he says, no, let's go this way because he had plans. He knew there was a woman going to be at that well. He had intentionally put him in a place, himself in the place, to touch her with the gospel. Let me say this to you. Unless you intend to do this, you won't. Unless you intend to download that, that, that app on your phone and use it, you won't. Unless you intend to use this track, you won't. Unless you intend. You can sit back and you can say, man, having a friend day in DC, that's just silly. We've got too many other things to do. And all that kind of, but you know what, man? I'm telling you, deal with your attitude. Because let me tell you what, there's nothing more important we will do in the month of December than the souls that we will touch that live around us because that's the season we live in. We need to understand that, guys. You will do what you intend to do, I promise you. You will do that. We will make time. Come on, isn't it true? Do we not make time for what we want to do, yes or no? Do we not put aside money and save for what we intend to do? Yes, we do. Why don't we do that for Jesus? Jesus put himself in Samaria. I promise you, some of us can sit back and say, but I don't know any lost people. Whose fault is that? I don't know my neighbors around me. Whose fault is that? One of the church members came to me today and said they made bread for everybody in their hall, their, on their, their, their road this week. You know what he told me? He said, I found out that I lived here all these years and didn't know my neighbors at all. Didn't know most, even their names. But it, you know what it did? Just because we encouraged him. He took these cards and went to his neighbors and simply said to them, come on, how many of us have neighbors that we really don't know their spiritual condition? How many of us have people at work that we've never had a spiritual conversation? I'm not talking whether they go to church. I'm talking about... Have you ever had a spiritual conversation with them about do they really know Christ? There's a big difference in going to church and being saved. Guys, I'm serious. You will do this week. You will do today what you intend to do. If you intend to go home and have a nap and watch football later today, that's what you will intend to do. If you intend to get a pizza before the end of the day, you'll make a way to get a pizza before the end of the day. If you intend to bless someone else, you will make time to do it. Jesus had to first and foremost put himself in that place to be there, to do it. Bring up the second one for me, will you? Look what he did. Not only that, he speaks to her. He says to her, give me a drink. You know why? Because friends do not ignore the people God places in their lives. Friends don't ignore people next door to them. You know what I found? I've lived in small communities much of my life. I've, I've pastored in small communities much of my life. You know what I'm shocked about? I'm shocked about how that everybody in small communities knows everybody else's business, but they don't know each other. They know about each other. They know where they've been. They know who they dated in high school. They know because that, because they dated the same person they dated in high school and they were angry at them. They know whether, what, what position they played in football. They knew whether they were a cheerleader. They know whether they were in the band. They knew whether, whatever they was. They know exactly what's going on. But, but, but in small communities, we know about people, but we don't know people. And they live right next door to us. Guys, Jesus speaks to this woman. Do you know what's so funny about that is? This woman represented everything that was reprehensible to a Jewish male. She was a harlot woman in public. It was, it was against the rules of the temple to even go in Samaria and get Samaritan dust on his feet. And Jesus is standing out in public speaking to a harlot woman. 
to a harlot woman. He's speaking to her. That's, he's not, look how shocked she was. She said, why do you speak to me, a Samaritan? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Why would you do that? Because, why? Because friends do not ignore the people God places in their lives. Either we're good friends or we're no friends. That's what this is all about. That's what our church is put here for. To be friends to this community. To bless, bless them. To, to help them build a basement when they take in kids. To, to take up angel tree and do this kind of stuff. To, to minister. But not just to do stuff through the church here. But to do that in our own community because we are the church. Bring up number three. Bring up the next one. He affirms her humanity and her value. When he speaks to her. Come on, how many people in this community keep masking their pain because they feel like they have no value. You know anybody like that? A lot of people do that. See, because friends do not ignore the people God places in their life. They don't do that. We've got a lot of hurting people in this community who need to know that they have value. That's why I gave you that track this morning because the God's, God's first part of that is God's purpose is what? Is that we know that we're creating his image, right? That gives us inherent value sharing. You know why? Because we're creating his image. That gives all of us value because we're creating his image. Come on. How many people in the community right now today are trying to mask it over by, you know, smoking some marijuana this morning, trying to stay high just to hide their pain? Or they're angry and they're masking stuff. Why? Because. They feel like somehow their value is not there. There's no greater value than a man to lay his life down for someone else. That's exactly what Jesus did for us, right? Bring up the next one. How about this? He helps her come to the reality of who she is to God, his Father. You know why? Because friends care about sharing truth. This woman probably thought maybe, we don't know why she was a harlot. It would be really easy to judge her, wouldn't it? It would be real easy to call her names and all that kind of stuff. Be real easy to look down upon her, and we do that sometimes with people. Be real easy to do that. How in the world did they get their life such a mess? How did she get there? We don't know if she was sold into prostitution as a kid. We don't know what happened to her. We don't know why she's a harlot. We don't know what happened. All we know is, is that she was hungry, she was thirsty, she was human. She came to that well every day. And you know what? She couldn't come at the regular time when all the respectable women came. She had to have the walk of shame every day down through there. Can you imagine what happened when Jesus finally revealed himself to her and she became a Christian? She finally surrendered her life to Christ and she said, wait a minute, I perceive you're the Messiah. He says, I am. And you know what she did? She dropped her water pot. You know what the water pot represented? It represented her biggest point of shame because that, that water pot was, 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 was very, it was, it was heavy. And every day she had to go get water. When she dropped that water pot and it shattered a thousand pieces, I, I want you to notice if you read that passage how long it took her to run into town to tell somebody else. You know why? Because when people are hurting and desperate and they find the answer to their desperation, they want other people to know the answer. Because why? Because friends care about sharing truth. Bring the next one up, will you? Come on, bring the next one up. Okay? He's driven to the woman's soul rather than his religious traditions or fears. Think about that. Why? Because friends do not let friends die without Christ. He saw this woman through the eyes of his father. We have to learn to see our community as friends through the eyes of Jesus. 
I want you to look around, look across for a moment. If you've been saved, you know what? You've experienced the greatest mercy ever given to mankind. Why would we not want to share that mercy with somebody else? Come on, guys. Why would we not want to do that? Because friends do not let friends die without Christ. We don't do that. He was driven by the woman's soul more than his religious traditions. He didn't care what anybody said. He didn't care what they looked at him for. He didn't care whether people looked down upon him. People were questioning, going, why would he be talking with a woman in public? He didn't care. He cared about that woman. And you know what we need to be doing? We need to be caring about this community. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about him. We have to above all seasons, get ourselves out of the way and realize that in Christmas represents the incarnation of Christ coming into time to pay the price eternally for our sin, not because we deserved it, not because we're so good looking or we're such great people, but because he is an amazing, merciful, loving, caring God who gave everything we need. Friends, do not let friends die without Christ. That's why he did this. Bring the next one up. Bring the next time. So how do the disciples respond? How do the disciples respond? If I were to ask you this morning, who are you more like right now, Jesus or the disciples, you tell me. Well, how do the disciples respond? Well, they intentionally ignore the Samaritan woman. Verse 27 says they walked back up and they not only ignored the woman, they ignored Jesus. They didn't speak to either one of them. They didn't even acknowledge the woman. They didn't speak to her. Why? Because that would have been against their religious tradition. They didn't want to be there in the first place. Because they didn't intentionally put themselves there. They were following Jesus there. And they were only there because Jesus was there. They didn't want to be there. Kind of reminds me of church sometimes, doesn't it? We don't, we don't participate as a body because we have the right intentions, but because we're just trying to check it off on our list. They ignored the woman. How many of us walk by people every day? And they're right next to us and they're hurting. And they need Christ and we're not being a friend to them. Bring up the next one. They intentionally ignore Jesus. They intentionally ignore the woman. They intentionally ignore Jesus. Come on, guys. Jesus, what does the great commandment say? You remember I read it last week? We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and everything. And to love our what? Our what? Tell your, now you, tell your person next to you. Say, you're supposed to love your neighbor. Come on. As yourself. Isn't it interesting that we're at the bottom of that? In other words... Isn't it interesting that the disciples ignore the woman and they ignore Jesus? Why? Because if you're ignoring your neighbor, chances are you're probably ignoring God. Guys, we've, we flip this thing. We spend so much time on us, we have no time for God and very little time for our neighbors. We're not real good friends sometimes. Bring up the next one. Come on. Disciples do not care about, their, uh, about uh, her humanity and her value. They weren't there for her value. They didn't care about her. This woman had been used and abused her whole life. They didn't care about this woman. They walked right by him. All they wanted to do was get out of there and go home. You, look at me times. Man, I, I jokingly say they must have been Baptists because all they wanted to do was eat. They just kept saying, has anybody fed him? Anybody fed him? But come on, where's the, where's the, the covered dish meal? Somebody around here has to have some fried chicken, right? Let's get out of here. No. They didn't care about her humanity and her value. Look at the next one. How about this? Disciples did not care about her spiritual condition. They didn't. Do you realize the Jews didn't believe the Samaritans had a soul? They hated them so much because they were half breeds. 
They compromised their Judaism by intermarrying and taking on other faiths, intermingling it with Judaism, and it perverted pure Judaism. And they hated them for that. They didn't believe they had souls. They didn't believe the Samaritans could even be saved. So, but Jesus intentionally put himself there for that woman. He put himself there for that town. Remember what I said last week? When pe- I've been telling y'all over and over again. Desperate people are willing to listen because they're desperate. These people were desperate. I had a friend ask me this week. He said, why do you think North America, especially the United States, doesn't listen to the gospels because we're not desperate? Come on, guys. We can go to our, most of us can just step out in our garage and pull something out of the freezer. We have jobs where we can afford things. We've got cars. We've got warmth. We know people that can help us with things. We're not desperate. We're not desperate. We're wanting. We, we, we want stuff, but we're not desperate. We're not desperate for God. Bring up the next one. Uh, click it, if you will. In the end, the disciples do not care about what, what Jesus values, the gospel and souls. Remember what I said? Friends don't let friends die without Jesus. So who are you? Who are we more like right now? Jesus, compassionate, loving, going, caring, touching, sharing? Or are we more like the disciples, ignoring, self-absorbed, separated from, fearful and silent? Are we so connected with ourselves that we're not really being good friends and we don't see it? Because I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody. Every time I point the finger at you, I point the finger at me. I'm just simply trying to ask us the question. That's why God put us in this, this community. Just to be friends. That's why we're doing the friend day next week. My prayer is the church would be packed next week. That you'd take this so seriously. You would go and touch people. You'd take these cards. There wouldn't be one of these packets left at the end of it today. And that Wednesday night we'd have more people than we could even know what to do with. To go out and visit Wednesday night. Be here at 6.30. I pray that we would... We would be able to get that, that lady's house taken care of for her and everything else, all these kind of things, because that's what we do. That's what friends do. But we have to intentionally set it aside. Come on, right now, how many of us, if we just didn't get on Facebook at all this week, I wonder how many hours we would have to serve the Lord. What if we just had a Facebook fast for one week? No Instagram, no, no Snapchat. All, all you can do is use your phone for business and nothing else. No time on the computer trying to, you know, find the latest whatever, you know, and the, the best video. Just how about a week of just saying, God, what do you want to do with this? How about a reprogramming of what we intend to do with our lives and what we intend to do with the next moment, what we intend to do when we leave here today? what we intend to do tomorrow. I tell you what Jesus did. Did you bring up the last part of this? Here's what he did. How can we be a friend like Jesus? Be willing to stay and invest in people's lives. So look what he did. Look at, look at verse 39. The woman ran into Samaria and told everybody. And they came out there to see Jesus. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I did. Therefore, when the Samaritans came to him and asked him to stay with them, he said, no, I can't do that because you don't have the right kind of hotel for me here. Your pillows aren't soft enough. 
you know, you don't have the right pizza parlor here. You know, your water kind of stinks. I don't know. He didn't do that. Is that what he said, yes or no? What's the Bible say? The Bible said he did what? He what? Tell, tell your neighbor he stayed. He stayed there two more days. He slept where they slept. He drank their water. He ate their food. He became a friend to that community. He, he, he dove into them. He made them and their problems and their issues more important than anything else he would face. He, he focused completely, totally upon them. He became the best friend you can ever imagine. He intentionally knew he would do this when he came. This wasn't a whim. He stayed. Many more believed because of what he said. And they told the woman, no longer do we believe because of what you said. For we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is who? Who? What is the centerpiece of Christmas? The who that came? Savior that came. That's what this is about, guys. The real issue is going to be, are we willing to stay in people's lives? But it starts by intentionally putting yourself there in the first place. We've got to be willing to stay. We've got to be willing to put ourselves there. We've got to be willing to put ourselves out. Let me tell you something. There's no one in this building too old or too young that God cannot use to be a friend for the gospel's sake. There's no one here that God cannot use that doesn't have the power of the Holy Spirit if you've received Christ as your personal Savior that you cannot speak and touch people. You may say to yourself, you know what? People aren't going to listen to me because I've messed up too many times. Well, guess what? You know what I found out? I found out people today are attracted to our warts. They don't want perfection. They want authenticity. They want people. They don't want perfect people. They just want people that if, my, if, if someone's feet are dirty, you're willing to wash them. If they're hurting, you're willing to help them. If they're hungry, you're willing to feed them. If they need someone to listen, you're willing to be there. What they need, look at me, are friends. This community needs a church that will be the friend you know what friends do? Friends don't tell people what they need to hear. They tell them what they, what they want to hear. They tell them what they need to hear. Good friends get in people's lives and then tell them the truth because that's how Jesus works. That's what Friend Day is all about. Last week, Jesus finished that passage by simply saying, go and do the same today. I finished this time. By telling you the same. You can use this. You can use this. Guys, you can do this. That's what this church is all about. That's why he placed us here. Look at me, all of you, please. That's what this is about. So I'm going to ask you right now, would you stand with me?